Hi, I'm Dupree. I'm Anthony. I'm Eric Escobar. Welcome to The Lounge. On this podcast, we cover current events, music, pop culture, and everything in between. We hope you enjoy what you hear. Thanks for lounging with us. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Yo. Another week in the lounge. Yes, sir. We're giving y'all so much content, man. It's for free. Like, y'all know what Kendrick said. Like, I feel like I'm disrespecting myself. <laughs> this dick ain't free. This content ain't free. Like, what are we doing here, guys? Um, <laughs> but no, wel- welcome back to the lounge. We appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate y'all telling y'all. Go tell your friends about it. And then tell your okay. friend to tell a friend. Um, because there's nothing wrong with Helwin when it comes to content. And <laughs> what the fuck, bro? <laughs> um, <laughs> that got me all focused. But no, welcome back. Um, very special episode for y'all, especially for the. All right, I've come to the point where, if you believe in certain things and you're a, a maggot and. You know, you're okay selling your soul to vote for this man for God no reason. God, only God knows why. Um, I'm not trying to convince you no more. I don't want to have dialogue with you no more. It is what it is. Let's let the results play out in November. Um, I don't want to convince you anymore. But for the smart and intelligent people out there who have conversations in good faith, you know, we are bringing somebody on who's an expert in their field in regards mm-hmm. to science. So um, we're going to introduce her a little bit later. But first, you know, we'd be remiss on this podcast, especially a strong black podcast like this, if we didn't talk about the passing of Chadwick Boseman, a.k.a. Prince T'Challa, a.k.a. Black Panther. So go ahead, fellas. Mm. A.k.a. Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Bro, like, that man, he left, he left the imprint, man. And um, I think this one hit me pretty hard. Um, it was a rough week. And then this came out of nowhere. This was... The cherry on top, man. This this one right here hurt. Um, he's he's definitely going to be seen as a black hero. You know, he gave all the kids out there, even even adults. You know, he he gave them somebody to look up to, being a a black superhero in a major way worldwide. And um, you know, you, you never heard him complain about anything. If you watch his interviews, heard him speak to his friends. You know, no one knew he was sick. People tried making fun of him and shit. Um, but he never came out and said, you know, this is what I'm battling with. I, you should feel bad for me kind of thing. He kept his head high, continued to work on his craft, and continued to be a great example to everybody. Uh, so rest in peace, Chadwick. You will be missed. Yeah, Chadwick Bozeman is the epitome of uh, no excuses. Um, like Anthony was saying, dude didn't let anyone know what was going on with him. Still managed to pump out mad movies within the span of four years uh, when he was diagnosed. Hmm. Um, incredible, powerful. Uh, you know, he deserves to be celebrated. Uh, I was reading Michael B. Jordan's uh, Instagram post about him. Uh, very touching. I suggest if y'all haven't, you know, go read the post very inspiring yeah. very touching speaks you know the the heights of what of who chadwick bozeman was on the surf so mm. rest in peace to him um he definitely definitely will be missed and the only thing i'd like to add on to that is i you know i've seen the outpouring of love and admiration for him over this time and like yeah he was battling stage four colon cancer for four years that's fucking amazing that he was able to put out the work that he did and dedicate that time because a lot of people would just focus on their health and right. like you saw that he was diagnosed already when black panther was being filmed like you see the shape that man was in i don't yeah. know how you're battling cancer and you get in the shape like that um so like you like enrique said right no excuses um but one thing i heard coming out of this is a lot of people they're not saying it's the same magnitude but it's in the same uh train of thought like when they saw him as Black Panther and you saw all the money that that movie made and the, the push behind it and how important that movie was, a lot of people compared it to, not on the same level, but compared it to the election of Obama, where it's like, you know, growing up, you hear, yeah, I can be, you, you can be whatever you want to be, but we all knew what those glass ceilings were, right? For people seeing a black su- a superhero in a major film, Marvel's behind it. This isn't like, you know, some independent thing. Like, it gave people a feeling of, like, yeah, we, we, we made it, you know? Like, we, we're important, and we can be that lead, and you can build a whole movie and a whole universe around us. So, um, mm-hmm. 
for him to die on Jackie Robinson Day after he played Jackie Robinson in the movie is a little eerie and coincidental, but yes, he will be missed. Uh, rest in paradise, King. Um, it's always hard to transition from something like that. Yeah. But um, we're going to talk about science and allies. So we have a very special guest on this afternoon. And um, if you would like to introduce yourself, go right ahead. Hey guys, thanks for having me. My name is Samantha Lab. I went to school with some of you, so it's really cool to be talking to you again. I, after going to school, I went down to Salisbury University in Maryland and got a degree in chemistry and math. And now I am out at Colorado State working on my PhD in radiochemistry and radiation health physics. Um, very big controversial field I'm in, definitely. Um, a lot of people don't like nuclear. A lot of people are scared of it. Um, and it kind of goes along the lines with what we're going to be talking about, distrust in science and people not understanding science to really put their trust in it. Y'all heard that. Y'all better put some fucking respect on her name. It's doctor. You feel me? Like, y'all better stop playing. Um, but no, we're, we're very excited and very happy to have you. Thank you for taking out some time to speak with us today. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to want to get into it. You know, we have some questions for you. And um, I definitely, you know, want to talk about how your field impacts life, especially in the era of Trump that we're in right now. Right. So. How does the, the work and the research that you do impact our daily lives? So I actually, I have a little problem. It's going to take me a while to graduate because I have so many interests in this field. So I have a few projects. My main one involves recycling nuclear waste. There is a lot of energy still available in nuclear waste in the form of radioactive elements. And so I'm currently working on some chemical methods to separate those from the waste, refabricate them into fuel, and put them back into nuclear reactors for more clean energy while we're getting rid of the waste. With nuclear energy, one of the biggest issues is nuclear waste. We don't know what we're doing it. We don't really have a permanent storage plan for it. So this kind of solves that problem. I also have done some work with producing medical radioisotopes for cancer treatment. And I do some work with nuclear forensics, which it gets very political. I mean, all of this is pretty political, um, which I hate. <laughs> but um, nuclear forensics can basically help track down where weapons come from uh, if we find them outside of regulatory control. We can understand what's going on, what was the plan, um, and understand how the weapons we're making will perform. Wow. And then just obviously in today's climate, it's very iffy. Um, <laughs> the politics around it are always up and down. It's a cycle. I mean, with the beginning of Trump's presidency, it was very anti-nuclear. Um, funding was taken away and that was a little stressful for me because, you know, to do my work, I, I need government funding. Um, now they just released a new solicitation. They're putting funding in for new nuclear reactor technology. Most of the funding though, of course, goes towards weapons. I can take comfort in knowing that I'll always have a job in weapons, but you know, there's the, the moral issues with that as well so uh, it gets kind of stressful sometimes you know one of the things that we always talk about here and that i think all of us have heard growing up is like hey if you're the smartest person in the room you need to get the fuck out that room so thanks for uh, coming <laughs> making a new room for us because i'm like sitting here taking down notes like so what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have any questions about that stuff i'm happy to elaborate um one of my big goals in my career is science communication i didn't know like i thought nuclear was bad um until probably like a couple years before i applied to my graduate program 
Um, and that's because I didn't understand it. I didn't know about it. And nuclear education is just not taught. Even in undergrads, it's not a course offering at most universities. Um, so I'm really working on trying to really explain all of it as simply as possible so people can understand and so people can build that trust. Hmm. Right. So you have to, you know, explain to, to the maggots why science is an evil and <laughs> why you shouldn't inject bleach into your bloodstream, right? Oh my goodness. It is <laughs> just crazy right now with COVID. Um, I'm actually taking a class right now because I'm still not really back in the lab. I haven't been in the lab for six months. I'm losing my mind. So I'm taking this one to kind of understand the research. I don't know. I'm not a biologist. I don't know a lot about viruses or anything. But just reading the research, there is a crazy amount of research coming out right now. And you see people on both sides of the argument, you know, like it's fake, like don't listen to them. You know, there's research that's really bad out there. Um, and the thing with this situation is that every time we get new data, someone's like, they're changing their mind. You can't trust them. But, but that's how science works. This is a novel new virus. We don't understand how it behaves in the environment or in our bodies. So as we're doing research, the facts are going to change. The, the precautions are going to change. That's science. Um, and you have this virus that's always mutating and changing. You know, it's hard to keep up with. So where do you think a lot of that distrust comes from? <laughs> well, kind of goes with the conspiracies we're seeing right now. We have vulnerable people who I feel are very susceptible to propaganda, misinformation, and conspiracy theories. A lot of people believe in conspiracies or uh, follow cult personalities or seek contrarian opinions. It's because they're vulnerable, vulnerable. They feel bullied, isolated, inadequate, and they're looking for answers, community, security, maybe identity. So when you, you hold this belief, you're going against the norm with this tightly knit outcast group, you feel like you have like a secret, secret valuable information that the world needs. And you feel important for having this differing opinion and for knowing this secret. So anybody on the outside is kind of a vague, intangible enemy. You guys are going to learn about nuclear physics today? As that well was deep. As psychological. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, when, she, when when she was talking, I felt like it was um like Kennedy's Illuminati speech talking about secret societies. I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know what we signed up for today, guys. Um, <laughs> well, that's how it is, right? You see these people posting on Facebook or whatever about you know COVID being fake and all all this all this shit being done to control us, you know, take away our own choice for what we want to do. They want us to wear a mask. Bitch, it's not hard to wear a mask. Just put it on. Right. I agree. I hate seeing these people like, you're, in, you're a sheep if you wear a mask. Like, no, I just don't want to die like 175,000 other fucking people do. Right. Yeah. Like, it's really not that hard. It's, it's selfishness is what it is. It's not hard to have some empathy for people and to care for people. And I, there's this big uh, uh, misconception with masks. I feel like the people always post and hate about them are talking about how, like, I'm still going to get sick about whatever. It's not to protect you. You're wearing a mask so your spit isn't hitting someone else, you know, infecting someone else. It's a common courtesy. And it's something that has been practiced way before this. I mean, you see in Asian culture, when someone has a cold, they're wearing a mask out of respect. Mm for the people around them. It's respect. Nobody has it these days. Half America doesn't know how to cover their mouth when they cough. Like, oh, right? <laughs> or wash their goddamn wash hands. Their hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was at the grocery store the other day, and you know how they have, like, the you go a certain direction down the aisles? Mm -hmm. And in the aisle next to me, I heard this elderly woman yell at this lady saying, you're going the wrong way. And this lady freaked out. And then like I turned down the aisle and she 
looked at me and took off her mask. She said, you're not going to yell at me for going the wrong way, are you? <laughs> like, ma'am, can you put your mask back on? Like, why'd you have to take it off to tell me? <laughs> so um, I think it would be important for the listeners to actually um, understand maybe a bit more of your background. So what would you say inspired you, you know, to seek, um, you know, going to college to become working in the science field with radiation and nuclear? Oh, you know, it's really crazy because I chose chemistry for undergrad, like completely on a whim. Um, I don't know if y'all remember Mem, but she was just I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fascinating teacher in high school. And, you know, like I was okay in chem. I took the AP test. I failed it. You know, like I wasn't amazing. Um, but she had this just passion for what she was teaching and I thought it was so cool you know like you have those people who just inspire you and I was like you know like I really like that class whatever fuck it I'm gonna choose chemistry and I went to undergrad for chemistry and it was a challenge like I failed I failed a class I had to retake some classes it was a struggle especially with money affording college I was working three jobs while I was taking all these chemistry and math classes and it was can I interrupt you for a second yeah I think I understand Gnell guys why she's an ally she said this life sounds like the life of a black woman you hear this three jobs paying for college and shit like I get it I get it I'm sorry for interrupting I just had to get that in there oh no that's definitely something I want to talk about too when we start talking about inclusion and diversity in this field it's a very important thing um but yeah so when i was a freshman in college i really like didn't know what you do with chemistry i didn't know if like i was good at it or you know i was scared so i ended up introducing myself to like all the faculty in the department like i would go to their office and be like hi you don't know me um, but do you have like any research or anything that I can do with you so that I know I'm not wasting my time? And there was one professor who took me on for the summer and I ended up doing research with him all four years and it was organic chemistry. So we were making molecules in the lab and these molecules are actually going to be used to separate the radioactive components out of nuclear waste. And that's when I learned about nuclear. It was mm. an application. Um, and then when it came time to kind of think about graduating, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. So I was like, all right, guess I'm going to grad school. And the cool thing about grad school in the STEM field is that if you get in, typically you are funded. This means that your tuition is paid for and you get a stipend. So the stipend basically pays you like a salary. It's a cost of living type stipend. You're not getting rich off of it or anything, but it's enough for you to live while you go through five years of schooling. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to grad school. And when I was thinking about it, I was like nuclear. Like I didn't really learn about that but it's really interesting and it's really important for our world. Mm. So I felt like I could make a change with that field. And that's why I am where I am. Very nice. Dupree, listening to that, didn't it make you just want to go back to college? Like that was all inspiring and shit. Like I'm sitting here like, maybe I should have stuck with that class that I failed back in. <laughs> um. It was hard. I didn't think I was going to make it, but that's like with men in high school, the, having a mentor in your life who really cares about you and your life and what you're doing makes all the difference. Like I failed. So the guy I did research with for four years, I failed his class and it was like a time when I was just like going through it. I was depressed. I was working. I got fired from one of my jobs because I just wasn't showing up didn't show up to his class. I couldn't show my face in his office, but he reached out to me and it was just on such a personal level where he genuinely cared. He said, I don't care about the class. I want to make sure that you're doing good because this isn't you, you know? And that really gave me the energy to push on. And it, 
it made all the difference. Let me tell you something, mm-hmm. Anthony. That did not make me want to go back to college. <laughs> but the, one of the important things that future Dr. Lab said there is that I did it on a whim. That's how most people pick their major in college. College is a fucking scam. Yes, it's done great things for me. Like, I wouldn't have the job and the salary that I have now if I didn't go to college. I don't believe. But whatever, we've covered that enough on our, on our platform about how college is a scam. So... Let's get into the allyship here. Um, you know, once the incident happened uh, in Minneapolis with George Floyd, you know, I saw you being very vocal and, you know, standing up for marginalized people, especially people of color. Um, you know, what moved you to do that? Why do you do that? I mean, you know, like I grew up with you being a great friend to me and, it's just about, you know, people, humanity, love. <laughs> and I just don't understand why people can't respect that or have to be on the opposing side. There is no opposing side to this argument, you know? It's just the right thing to do, like, you know, or else you're a shitty person. Um, and I know that in STEM, it was a big hit because black students don't have support. You know, it's really become obvious that science fields, you know, they're ran by old white men. There's a lot of racism, sexism occurring in this field. Um, And that was something that really upset me. And it, really opened my eyes that, you know, we need to make a change. And it's kind of, I've been thinking about this a lot, especially in nuclear. And I I don't know where to start with it because the nuclear field is already extremely small. Like I said, it's not really taught in undergrad. You're not introduced it in high school or anything. And so it's how do we get more representation in this field? Um, And I think it comes down to partially with me, why I want to get more involved in this nuclear education is exposing people to it, especially underrepresented minorities, you know, showing them all the options they have before they go to school. And that's why college is a scam too, why people spend forever in college because they don't know their options when they're going to school. They're not trained to know in high school. But That uh, is a big fucking fact. Like yeah. we've said it on here so many times, like you are not prepared in high school to, to go to college for four years and spend however much money you know, you're not prepared to make that decision unless you like had a calling since you were younger, right? If you're like, you know, I really want to go be a teacher. I know. And that's so rare to have. Like people are like, oh, did you always like science? No, like I'm pretty trash at it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I chose it. And you know what? If I wasn't the type of person who didn't quit, like I chose chemistry and I was like, gotta finish it. You know, if I wasn't that person, I wouldn't have finished it. And I know that most people aren't like me like Mm. that. So you really got to start thinking about setting people up for success that they want, you know, that really feeds their souls instead of forcing them through this rushed system. That was, that was beautifully said. It sounds like you're, it already sounds like you're a fourth member of our, of our podcast here talking about it like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good job. Get in there, you actually brought a, an intelligent guest on. <laughs> Big facts. Get in there, Enrique. Start, uh, start asking some questions. Well, my one question is, uh, like, we were talking about the maggots, how they just fall for false information. Um, I remember, like, when COVID, like, back in April, when it was still, like, like, really big, when everyone was, like, on lockdown heavy, like, you know, who would come out saying one thing about COVID, and then the next day they'll, like, go right back, like go back on it and say, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And then a week from now, they'll say something else about it. And then a week they will say, that's not the case either. So do you think that like really, does that help 
with them giving us the information or does that like make us really believe like it's just a conspiracy? (laughs) There's so many sides to this question. I love it. Mm -hmm. So that goes into what I said earlier with, you know, new data as we understand this virus more, the things Mm -hmm. are going to be changing. Um, The issue is scientific literacy in the general public. You know, if people understood the research process and understood the reasoning why they're giving these recommendations, there would be more trust, but they don't. Um, Same with the research papers that are being published. There's some really bad research out there, like with the cures, COVID cures. You um, have to be able to recognize good research from bad research. I mean, there's journals that you can publish anything in if you pay for it. Or Mm. there's journals where if you have a membership, you can have an expedited review and you can choose your reviewers, which is, uh, raises some ethics issues. Um, Mm. So you have good research and bad research, and it is crazy right now during this time, and it's really hard to understand it all. I mean, even for me as a scientist, reading these papers that are in my field, it takes me a long time to see the fallacies in their experiments or whatever they're doing. So you can't expect the public to understand that, to understand what is good research or bad research. We need to have more communication. We really need them to understand why we're putting out what. Now, Another interesting thing has to do with the politics of it, like with the CDC. We keep seeing stuff with the CDC. And you know what? We have the government funding them. They get their money from the government. So the, what they're putting out is obviously going to be influenced by our government, you know? Mm-hmm. So something recently was put out that you it's okay for you to be in groups or whatever to be close to people but that's just kind of the political agenda to get things going again you know so we can go back to normal life so it's it's a really interesting time and it's a lot to think about i've been thinking about it and i still feel like i haven't reached the end i still feel very uneasy with everything going on. Got it. Well, thank so you. The, so, sorry, go ahead, Enrique. No, I was just going to say thank you for that response. <laughs> so the CDC is funded by the government. So basically Trump controls the messaging that they're going to put out, per se. Yeah. I don't know exactly how it goes down, you know, so I got to be careful with what I say. But See, you should all... use the real name. That's what happens. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. We're already on a watch list on this podcast, so join the club now. I guess <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, there can politics are used to sway things. I mean, even in certain research, if you're funded by something like this is big in pharmaceuticals, if you as a research group are given a whole bunch of money, millions of dollars from some pharmaceutical company, they want specific results, you know? So you're going to try and get those results. It's not ethical, but it has. Damn, so everything is corrupt, huh? Oh, yeah. Sounds like it. Oh, it's my hard, God. But that's why we need good scientists out there. Um, so I'm, like, big on the science twitter community it's actually really cool thing. <laughs> i know i know i feel like a nerd but it's really cool the scientists are funny <laughs> but um i it, don't think anybody in the world has ever described a scientist as funny oh my well they're like so smart and witty that they come up with some real good jokes <laughs> but um they, there's a lot of scientists and it's like a new generation of scientists, you know, people my age and they are really fighting for good science, for inclusion. Um, it's, I'm really excited to see what happens when all the old people die off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, oh. we've, we've said that about the, uh, the people who blindly listen to 
what I don't understand is like, so there's somebody on this podcast like you, but so there's smart people like you have dedicated years of their lives to science and to research and to making this world a better place. But people will listen to anything that a failed businessman will say to them. And I just don't get it. Like there's like, so when I had some, when I had people decide to argue with me about things and, you know, about this virus and say it's a hoax or it's the common cold and everything like that, I'm like, Hey, cool. So like, if that's how you feel, and you catch this, stay home. Don't take up that hospital bed for somebody. Let nature run its course. That's survival of the fittest. That's evolution. Or if you don't believe in this, go step on a rusty nail since you don't believe in vaccines and your mouth is going to be fucking, you won't be able to open your mouth the next day. You're going to fucking die. Like, I just don't understand the stupidity of people. I um, have been trying. I get so frustrated when I see when I see this man talk. And I'm like, nothing you are saying is true. It's not coherent. It doesn't make sense. Why are people clapping, you know? And I think there's just this um, huge rise in nationalism here. <laughs> mm. And I feel like people who, who want selfish things you know like their right to own a gun or whatever they're going to stick to that side they're they're gonna vote red you know so they're gonna support this person no matter what it's so extreme politics have become so extreme that people feel like they don't have a choice like this guy aligns most with my selfish wants um so I they, don't even think with him that uh, that if you vote for him, it makes you selfish. I think it makes you a bad person. Like, oh uh, yeah, because hmm. it, it shows you have no empathy. Exactly. Like a lot of times, things are not just about you, right? Like some things are about the greater good. And if that makes me a socialist, like cool, call me a socialist because I care about more than just myself. Right. Um, that sounds fucking stupid to me. Yeah. But like when I challenge these people. To, to tell me what he has done for you personally tell me the legislation he's passed that has affected your life and a lot of times these people argue with me are people that you're not doing as well as i am in life right like so i mean he hasn't helped my pocket so i know his tax cut didn't help yours so <laughs> right? tell me, that, tell me that, what he's doing i don't get <laughs> right so you tell me what he's doing for you like I, I i truly don't understand it and you know i've seen you on multiple social media platforms step in when somebody said like I, I, the one that made me message you is somebody said something about well let's talk about when they kill each other what about black on black crime or what about police killing white people and you're like hey these statistics are skewed like you don't understand because you're just looking for the the headline and it like this is what the actual numbers mean like what convinced you to go out and step up and say things like that and correct people when they're wrong because it's just fucked up i mean in this time we are in a climate, a social, cultural, political climate that is so full of tension that just doesn't need to be there. I don't understand why people don't care about other people's lives. And it bugs me so much because I've seen the pain that people feel, you know? And I don't get why people have to go out of their way to argue against us you know like mm. on topics that should not be argued there there's no reason that it should be a debate you know these are people's lives and they deserve to live an equal life right dr sam <laughs> okay dr sam <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i totally agree with you i mean you, so what's some of the pushback that you've gotten from you know, the white community, when you go on and correct these people, or you speak out and say, hey, black people deserve to be treated equally in this country, or women deserve to be treated equally. What's some of the pushback you've gotten? You know, I have really actually been struggling with this sometimes, especially like out here in Colorado, like there's some conservative people. And it's mostly nobody listens to you when you're talking, you know, and you see that on these like Facebook they're not even discussions. They're fights. Nobody's listening. And that's, sometimes I feel like, I always want to speak up, but sometimes I feel like nobody's listening. Like, am I making a difference? And that's, I think, my biggest struggle right now. Because no matter what you say, they're going to come back with something ignorant. And I feel like I try and I try and it, it drains me 
because nothing gets through. Like some people are just so stuck in their own opinions, so, their own you know, shitty we, we wrong opinions. Um, <laughs> with, you know, the pushback that you've gotten from people, they see you sticking up for marginalized people, people of color, women. And, you know, have you had to delete any friends or have you lost friends because of it? I was going to ask, have you gotten any beef with family over your posts? Thankfully, my family has been good. Okay, I'm good. Very thankful for that. Um, but I've definitely deleted people. I don't know if people have deleted me, probably, but I don't, I don't give a fuck. Um, usually, just like as soon when everything started, as soon as I saw people, you know, post something. <sighs> Um, I would just delete it immediately. So I didn't have like directly on my feed a lot of uh, negative interactions, but friends sharing stuff, you know, there's always the people coming out of the woodworks on the comments. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd be reading those and sometimes they would just piss me off, especially when it would come down to data. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, it, there's shitty data out there and people are using it to reinforce their wrong views. And that's just something that doesn't sit right with me. Oh yeah. They love trying to do it on HBO. <laughs> oh my. We're the lowest. We're lower than the world guys. We are lower than the world. If you're not looking at the right data, Josh, you're not looking at the right data. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that also infuriates me, um, you know, when they're like, well, actually, if you look at it, more white people get killed by cops every day. And what about the black people killing each other? How come there's this thing as white on white crime? You know, like if, if you're if if every time we see an unarmed black man getting killed or shot by the police, their answer or their response is, what about Chicago? Like, really? You just heard about you don't know anything about fucking Chicago. You just know what they show you on Fox News about Chicago. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Everybody chooses to look at what supports their beliefs. And that's, that's how people make opinions, right? Off of what other people say. And you can choose to either go against what they're saying or adopt it. And that's, that's the thing with racism is it's so deeply rooted in our system in these old ass families that keep handing it down the line, you know, like it is deep rooted from the day you're fucking born. Preach. And I've been feeling so shitty because, you know, I, I try to my best to be an ally, but sometimes I feel like I can scream as loud as I want, but nothing gets through. And it's so discouraging to me that I can't imagine how it feels to y'all. Um, you know, it's something that I'm still working on with speaking up. It, I definitely feel uncomfortable sometimes, especially when I'm like out in public with people like sitting at a table with me and someone drops something racist and I say something and you can feel, you can feel the mood change. Mm, and immediately, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you, you know me, I'm not a confrontational person. So I've been really trying my best with it. So it's- But that's what you just said there, right? Like if there's anything you take away from being on here is that you keep that strength, keep that energy, do it because that's what matters. That's what changes people's opinion. When a white person says something racist or does something racist and they get called on their shit by another white person, that's going to make them reflect back and look like, oh, well, if, if other people that look like me care about this, then, you know, huh, maybe what maybe I'm I doing should. is wrong here. Right. Yeah, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, like I've said on this podcast before, it didn't matter how many people that looked like John Lewis or if it was John Lewis himself that they cracked in his fucking skull and left him for dead down there on that march in Selma. It mattered that Bernie Sanders was down there getting his ass kicked because they saw mm -hmm. they were beating white people too. And that's what made the difference. So like all these protests are happening, they don't care how many black people are the casualties of this. They, they truly don't. But when they see young white women out there getting their ass kicked, when they see old white men out there getting their ass kicked, when they see white people out there getting their ass kicked for black rights, Yep. That, that's when people pay attention Yes. so what you're doing is I can't stress to you enough as a black man how important what you're doing is 
Yeah. And, you know, and I, I want to thank you for to, that. Of course. You don't have to thank me. Um, what I try to tell myself in these situations when, when I'm feeling uncomfortable or like, you know, when the tables turn and I start getting attacked because I, I, I don't like when people yell at me. I'm sensitive. <laughs> um, but I'm like, all right, I feel uncomfortable, but I know that this person, like what I just said to them, I bet they feel a lot more uncomfortable than I do. It makes me feel a little bit more okay. Oh, yeah. If your white friends call you racist, <laughs> they feel that shit. Definitely. Mm -hmm. If one of us calls somebody, a white person racist, they'll be like, no, my third cousin's black. Like, I'm not racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, facts, they'll pull out anything. Like, my first grade teacher was married to a black man. <laughs> <laughs> like, how far removed are you from this black person? Like, exactly. Oh, uh, I don't get it. My shitty opinions, okay. Yeah. So, here's one thing, and why, you know, I think it's important having you on here. And, like, these people I see, like you said, maybe you're not the one making these comments, but you're the one sharing these posts and talking shit on, you know the importance of black lives in this country and how I don't know how it's not obvious to people that we're just fighting to have what the constitution promised us. Um, mm -hmm. This country, they, they said, Hey, you know, in 1776, this is a democracy. This country has not been a, this country started being a democracy in 1964 when they signed the voting rights act, which gave black people the right to vote. Not until then was a democracy because n not everybody had the right to vote and pick their elected officials. And when I see people share these posts and some of these people that I know, that I know, share these posts and share this ignorance, I'm like, I wish that you were as passionate about black lives as you were about black dick when I knew you. Mm. Oh, speaking of facts. Right. Like, <laughs> that is the thing that, that's one of the things that bothers me the most. Like, I was talking to Enrique about it. I'm like, you know what? I kind of just don't understand this, right? Like, you the, the the people that i'm talking about like you would if you could you would go around humping black chairs back in the day <laughs> like it didn't matter as long as, it, as long as it was black you were like yo i'm fucking down with the cause now when it's our lives and not the dick it's like yeah well you know i can kind of be silent on this one or i don't agree mm -hmm. like i i don't understand rant over i'm sorry good you're supposed to rant on these type of things right Sadly, it's one that you can just go on for hours and none of it makes any fucking sense. Well, it's a conversation that needs to be had forever, really. It's yeah. never ending. And there's so many facets to it. Um, it's the conversation that we're trying to raise in the STEM field right now. Um, you know, something that... I have seen, so there's like scholarships and grants out there for underrepresented minorities. And, you know, sometimes I see like white women applying for them. And I'm aware that as a woman, you know, like I face a set of struggles in my field that's dominated by these older white men. But that doesn't make me or any of these other white women an underrepresented minority. I have my own unique experiences with sexism, but there are very specific reasons as to why Black, Latino, and Native Americans are considered underrepresented minorities. And there are struggles that they face that we'll never begin to understand. It's, you know, a big issue right now. Um, one of the biggest things that just happened in the science community is with the National Science Foundation Graduate Research Fellowship Program. So like I was telling you earlier, with grad school, you're typically funded. The NSF provides one of the biggest, most prestigious opportunities. I think it's some like 56000 a year or something, this funding. So they just awarded this year 2,076 students with funding. Um, and these students, they definitely deserve it. They work hard, and I hope they use the money for great research. But there's a problem. The underserved communities who have also done well and continue to do well continue to be underserved. So, for example, 68 of these fellows listed MIT is their undergraduate institution. Um, so there's this emphasis placed on 
educational prestige. Most of these awards go to people who went to Ivy League schools, Stanford, Harvard, whatever. 13 of the 2,076 fellows attended a historically black college or university. I don't know how many applications were submitted from HBCU students, but, but 13 awards. And if there weren't that many applications from HBCU students, why? Are they too discouraged to even apply? You know? Shout out to HBCUs, by the way. Mm-hmm. They do some great research, too. Um, a really cool event that just happened on Twitter, on the science Twitter, was a, a week called Black and Chem. And it was basically a whole week. Each day had a different kind of um, specialization in chemistry where you highlight our Black chemists, their research, what they're doing. Um, and it was just such a great time because we were able to get their voices out there and show that, you know, their research is valuable and we need it in this world. Um, and that's, that's what we need in this field. We, we need to amplify Black voices and we need to call out these institutions, organizations, funding institutions um, who are unwelcoming and have a culture of misogyny and racism and horrible bias. Accountability is what we need in this world. I, I think that's one of the biggest things. I have seen within the past few months, I mean, there's organizations that I am involved in, I am a member of as a part of the scientific community who put out some trash ass statements, you know, regarding Black Lives Matter. You know, you know those statements where it's just trying to appease people. I mean, we had we support the black community. Thank you, police, for your hard work. <laughs> right. Mm. And we had students who who created diversity and inclusion um, programs within these organizations who prepared really great statements showing support. And then these organizations didn't use them. And so that's what I've been seeing from kind of my generation of scientists calling out these organizations. But, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of change yet. Um, I don't know if people just don't understand fully what the issue is or most likely they just don't give a fuck. It's so sad. I truly believe, so I believe everything in life is a pendulum. Everything swings, everything repeats itself. Um, and I don't want you to get into a bunch of science stuff and tell me why that's dumb because I don't want to feel dumb on our podcast. <laughs> but, I like that idea. But I truly believe that we're living in the fucking 60s right now where it's like the, the generation that we're in is like, hey, what do we have to look forward to? They're dismantling Social Security. We won't be able to retire. Let's fight for the shit we want now. Let's speak up for the shit that's going on now to make this world a better place because the shit we got handed sucks. And I feel like that's where we're all at right now. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if it's just because like I'm older and I'm more aware of what's going on in the world or, you know, I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Like this presidency, Trump has given this rhetoric that makes people feel like it's okay to show their true racist white supremacist colors, you know, like, I don't know if you've noticed, well, you've definitely noticed, people are so fucking comfortable walking out of the house with a fucking swastika, you know, like. Well, here's my thing, and I'll, I'll get us all out of here soon. We'll, we'll, we'll end this soon. Here's my thing, and I want Enrique to comment on this too, and Anthony, because we're, as black men, I want us to comment on this. And, and actually, everybody, everybody comment on this. Why do Trump supporters support 
the, the, like they fly those flags like don't tread on me but you support tyranny at every step you fly the flag of the confederacy they literally raised arms against this nation they lost the fucking war guys it's time to move on they were traitors they should have been hung from trees at the end of the war all the survivors that fought for the confederacy should have hung them from trees they're fucking tyrannous and traitors the nazis the people in germany ain't flying that shit mm-hmm. why are you flying the flags of losers and fascists and racist <clears throat> and, and then you come to us and say well no i'm not racist at all i don't see color that's a goddamn lie Everybody sees color. Yeah, I'm gonna die on the hill of that. Uh, they're so influenced by us that they treat as oppression as the new style. They just want to feel what we feel. I guess they want to feel like their voices aren't heard because we say our voices aren't heard. They want to say they're being mistreated because we're saying we're being mistreated. It's That's just all. like the Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. Yes, thing. the dumbest shit, and the like. That that's what I'm dying on. <laughs> they just want to be in. They use us as like fashion and for. <sighs> it's just frustrating, bro. <laughs> bro. They're standing there with a whole cookie jar, looking at us, have our one cookie, and be like but I want that cookie. Yes. There you go. I don't get it. Like you have all of this, but you want to be down here with us. I I don't, whatever. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Like it might sound stupid to people, but that was beautiful. Like you have the whole cookie jar. Yes. You're looking at the one cookie we have and say, but I want that cookie. Yes. How many more cookies can you take from us? I don't think we have much left. (laughs) Right. And the fact that you have to fight for human rights and, and lives is what's appalling to me most. And that's why people are burning this shit down, because you're having us fight for shit that's promised to us in the fucking Constitution. I don't think people understand the impact of that. We're fighting for the rights that you promised us. Unless you just want to come out and admit that you don't see us as equal humans, that we're still count as three-fifths of a fucking person. Just say that. I'd rather you just be up front with me. Keep it 100 with me. Tell me that's the type of energy and the type of time you want. Yeah. Exactly. How can you judge how people react to this situation after hundreds of years of oppression? You know, you can't. No. And tell you, people how to react. You would think with these recent events, like these police departments would be taking like some, you know, necessary precautions and everything. But just earlier today or late last night in L.A., another black man shot. Like. I feel like this is just a trend now. Like, I expect to see this shit every fucking day, and it's starting to really piss me the fuck off. I think that's the saddest part about all this is that we've become desensitized to this. Like I told, like I said on the episode that came out uh, last week, you know, I was done and done being upset about this stuff when they killed Tamir Rice. That cop car didn't even stop rolling when they shot that boy in his head for having a toy gun in an open carry state. After you did that, you know, I'm not sad about this anymore. I'm angry. Like, no. my feelings and my, I'm numb to it. My feelings and emotions are out of it. Like, I'm starting to see and feel why my grandmother continues to feel this way. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'll say, like, maybe when I wasn't so heavily involved with, you know, digging into the news and seeing these stories or, like, I was just, my, my mind was elsewhere, like, you know, school and, you know, girls and shit like that. Um, I'm starting to understand why she has kept a little part of her from growing up in the South during like the fifties and sixties about how she feels about white people. Um, I, I, I just don't understand when is enough going to be enough. Mm. And with talking about being desensitized, I wanted to hit that again and also go back to Chadwick and why that was felt so hard was because of how much dignity was afforded to blackness in a moment when blackness had continually been under assault on screens, on your phones, on social media, everything you're seeing. And then you have him come through. And he delivered. Yeah. Big time. Mm. Now, what I want to say is, uh, you know, Dupree, I don't, I, I understand the feeling or, or wanting to be numb, but you have to fight that. You should always want that feeling. You have to remember feeling is what reminds you that you're alive. 
You have a purpose. Don't allow yourself to get numb to this shit because I, I don't want you to get into the point where you're just shrugging it off. Hold that anger. Hold, if you got to cry, cry. But never allow yourself to go numb, especially not like this. Not for something like this. You should always want to feel that. Now's well, the time. I, I appreciate to, those words. Yeah, now's the time to move. Exactly. Keep going. I mean, that's the story of being black in America, right? It's keep going. It's overcome. It's no matter how shitty the odds are against you, you have to grow a rose in a field of shit. Or, you know, rose from the concrete. You have to do this. You have to fly where other people can walk. Um, you know, that shit, like, I don't think people understand enough. And, like, I don't want this to come off as an attack because, obviously, our guest, Dr. Lab, is white. And it's not an attack on white people at all. But it's, like, I don't think people understand how hard it is being black sometimes. You know, like, this shit is tiring. Like, every time no, I get in my fucking car, every time I get in my car, I might not make it home. Not because of an accident. Because I might get pulled over for my tail light being out. And who knows what the fuck that can lead to. Every time I get in my car, I make sure my wallet's up on the dashboard. I make sure at night I don't walk out with a hoodie. Yeah, and see, that's the things that we don't face. And that's where empathy is so important to try and understand that. We will never understand. Mm -hmm. But there's people who don't want to understand. I mean, like, in America, you're allowed to carry a gun without fearing for your safety if you're white. But if you're not white, you'll likely be killed. And your death and your killer are going to be celebrated and any attempt at accountability is going to be crushed. It's fucked up. Talk that shit, doctor. Talk that shit. Like, yes, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like, more people need to... Man, I wish intelligence wasn't in such short supply in this country. Thanks. All right, y'all got any uh, closing parting thoughts here? Um, I have one. Um... What's your ultimate goal through all this? Like, is it to, you know, really find something big within a nuclear field or, you know, venture off somewhere else? You know, this is a conversation I've been kind of having. Um, I, I like this field because there's so much I can do with it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't plan on sticking to one, one thing, like just energy, you know, or just weapons. I, w I want to work on projects that are necessary right now. We, we need to figure something out right now. Um, I do love the energy thing because, I mean, we, we need it to survive. We right. need clean energy. Um, but also, like I said, you know, the research isn't my biggest goal i think education and communication with the public is something that i really want to focus on i want to rebuild the relationship between the public and scientists with, with trust and understanding and so when something happens like covid people can feel more comfortable with the information being released okay All right, now do you, you do you think um, you've come to that conclusion because of the relationship that you built with your mentor and professor? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have been so lucky to have really great mentors in my life. But I think, I think me discovering this field by chance made me realize how little is taught to people you know like i never would have i never would have known nuclear was an option for me um so i i just want people to realize what's out there for them beautiful love it love it um like i said before you know thank you for coming on with us and sharing your time and your expertise and your thoughts um we're gonna need you back soon <laughs> yeah i'll I'll try <laughs> i mean i'm pretty free working from home and shit but yeah, yeah this was great um very happy that this was the first podcast i was on you guys make me feel like a real scientist too <laughs> you are there's no feel like it you are yeah, you no, don't don't sell yourself short we appreciate you coming on here laying down the knowledge speaking facts 
um, because that's something that that gets dis- facts get discredited in every step of life nowadays, and people don't even trust true facts. And we're living in the book 1984. Don't believe what your eyes tell you. Like it's it's crazy. I don't even want to get into it. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Um, Thank you, listeners. Take that knowledge. Go tell your friends about it. Go play it for your friends. Go play it for your family. If you don't want to have those arguments with those maggots, you know, pl- just play this for them. Maybe that'll open their eyes. Because like I told you, I'm done having those conversations. My DMs are closed. <laughs> like, don't, don't talk to me about this shit no more. Let's, let the results be what they will in November. It can't come here soon enough. And go request your mail-in ballot if you have not done so already, if you don't plan on voting in person, because that's very important. Every vote matters. We need to get the votes counted. Um, that's all I have, Anthony. You could take us out. All right. One more time. Thank you, Dr. Lab, for joining us today. It's been wonderful, very informative. And as always, I'm Anthony. I'm Dupree. Hey, Rick Escobar, wear your fucking mask. Thanks for lounging with us. Peace.